This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kira everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast, The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Rose Abdul-Aziz, a third-year student majoring in law and politics, and I've already had a chat with her before, so I'm really excited to get to know her more today. Kia ora, Rose. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here as well. Um, the last time we talked, it was um, for Musa, the Muslim University Students Association interview. I think we talked about like hijab stories um, mm. and you were one of the guests and I was so excited to talk to you again because there were oh. so many things we could talk about. Yeah, now I'm very excited as well. <laughs> yeah, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yep. Um, so I'm Rose Abdulaziz, so third year student majoring in law and politics and also minoring in religious studies and indigenous development. Um, gosh, it's always such a hard question to answer. <laughs> uh, and then hmm, what else do I do? I do a lot of like association, like student association work. So I'm on the... Um, Otago Disabled Students Association. I'm on the Otago University Tennis Association um, and also obviously on Musa. Um, yeah, those are the main things I do. Hmm. Um, so you mentioned you study law, politics, religious studies and indigenous development. That is like a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, a lot. I don't know why I've done it to myself. <laughs> uh, but somehow there's like a theme to it. Like I can mm. see that you're interested in like international affairs, culture. Yeah, definitely. Very much interested in like um, social impact and like advocacy as well. And also like understanding what shapes people's like worldview and decision making. So like we know politics is a big part. And so is religion. And then also for Indigenous people, like their Indigenous identity as well. Um, and that all kind of goes into like shaping our law and policy. So, yeah, just trying to study that kind of area. Hmm. What are you hoping to achieve with your degree? Um, hoping to go into like public service. Hmm. So it'd be cool to work like with government, like maybe a lawyer in that kind of area. Yeah, but we'll see. It's still kind of early. That's and so I'm cool. also like the first kind of social sciences person in the family. My sister is a just got her PhD in pharmacy. Wow. I was a pharmacist, and yeah, so she's more sciencey and kind of has like more of a clear cut thing to do. Whilst with like with the arts, you know, there's so many different options. So yeah, yeah. keeping my options open. And I heard that you did health science in your first year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did do health science my first year. Um, 
all throughout high school I did the three sciences um and I don't know there was always that idea pushed of like you know woman and science and the school I went to was quite academic and we were kind of encouraged like to be doctors or like go into like kind of science like health professional course um so yeah I did the sciences kind of enjoyed it wasn't really passionate about it like I was with English and then when I got to outside just I felt like I didn't really have a sense of purpose and like I just didn't enjoy the competition didn't really see myself doing that kind of course um really missed like my social sciences and like English skills and yeah Mm. ended up deciding to switch Mm. which was probably the best decision of my life exactly yeah and I'm glad you did that um I did my first year in anatomy thinking I Mm. loved biology and then I went into gender studies and psychology (laughs) yeah that's so cool yeah and I'm also the first in my family who's who did like social sciences as well uh because both my parents were lawyers (laughs) oh yeah nice (laughs) Um, um yeah, it's like um, now you you kind of see what you're passionate about, you know, like those yeah, those four sure. topics. It's really interesting. Hmm. Um. There's also something really special about you, and something we have in common as well. You were mm-hmm. born in Malaysia. You're Iraqi mm-hmm. and Kurdish, and you're um you're raised in New Zealand. Um, that is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you tell us about your cultural identity? Yeah, so um, I'm the only one in the family that was not born, well, only one in the immediate family that was not born in Iraq. So all my family were born in Baghdad, North Baghdad, which is how I would say it in Arabic, um, in Iraq. And I was born in Saddam Jaya in Malaysia um, and then lived there for like six months. And then we moved to Christchurch, like the whole family immigrated to New Zealand, um, lived in Christchurch for about five years. And then dad had work. And so we all went back to Malaysia for about three years, which like honestly were like the best three years of my life. Um, I like started school in Malaysia and went to an international school, which like was probably the best, one of the best things that happened to me because it's really like shaped how I am as a person I've always been so like open-minded and so used to being around different cultures like I was telling a friend the other day that when I was younger it felt like we were on holiday all the time because we were (laughs) celebrating like everyone's holidays um so yeah lived in Malaysia for three years and then we moved back and we came to Dunedin because my sister was a bit older than me um had plans to go to Otago Uni so yeah we've Mm. been in Dunedin since Mm. yeah um so yeah, I'm in like a New Zealand citizen and all, but because I grew up very strongly with that Iraqi um, Middle Eastern culture, I see myself more as Iraqi, even though I've never been there. Um, and then also, yeah, like growing up Muslim as well. Um, so yeah, it's like, I definitely am appreciative of New Zealand and it has shaped me, um, but I don't see myself as Kiwi as much, which is interesting because I know people that like, also come from families that might be Middle Eastern, but because they grew up here, they don't connect with that kind of culture and more so feel Kiwi. So yeah, Mm. it's very interesting how different we all are. Mm. Um, You mentioned that you identify yourself as Iraqi, even though you've never been to Iraq. Mm. Does that ever felt different to you? 
yeah it does I always get self-conscious like talking to family because sometimes they forget like some of them they're like can Rose speak Arabic I'm like I speak Arabic fluently <laughs> you're just like I'm just shy on the phone and like haven't lived in Iraq um so yeah like it does feel different it's like quite sad that I haven't been able to go and there's like a lot of family that I've not seen um but I don't know just because I've connected so strongly with the culture I'm very much just embrace it I'm like yeah I am Iraqi (laughs) was it um because your parents um kept the Iraqi culture back home yeah yeah definitely um they were very um very strict on making sure that we knew Arabic um so when I was younger it was always like because obviously like school was in English when we would go home we would have to talk in Arabic and if we if mum especially mum if she heard us speak in English she's like Arabic <laughs> <laughs> um but then when we moved to Malaysia I we temporarily went to like an Iraqi school as my parents were like settling us in and looking for schools um so the rule kind of changed in that we were speaking Arabic at the school but then at home we had to speak English so yeah but now they're very good at making sure that we kept the culture and I'm so grateful because yeah there's a lot of people like friends of mine as well that might come from different cultures but because they grew up here never really practiced the language so don't have the language yeah um you know this is very interesting because some something that I'm very passionate about is belonging and like Mm. where people feel belong um so where do you think is home for you um gosh I never know how to answer this question like when people are like where are you from I'm like ah I don't know um but I would always just say I'm from Iraq like I mean I usually would just say like I'd say like I'm from New Zealand but I I don't know if you've had this but like you'll have people being like yeah but like where are you from <laughs> where you're really from <laughs> where, yeah, like, where's oh home? <laughs> where are you from from so yeah I always just say like yeah my family's from Iraq I've not been there, but I feel very rocky. So, yeah, mm. I'd say that. But then also, like, the place that's felt the most home to me is Malaysia. Like, whenever I go, yeah, whenever I go to Malaysia, I'm, like, so happy. Like, I love Malaysia. <laughs> and I always feel like it's just home to me, like Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Even though I only lived there for three years. So, it's interesting. Yeah, it must have been the prime time for your life growing up, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, yeah, there from, like, 2006, 2008. Life was so much easier back then. (laughs) (laughs) And it could also be because uh, you enjoyed your school, your international school, um, because you Mm. were around so many different cultures. You probably clicked with that kind of society, a multicultural society. Yeah, 100%. Mm. yeah definitely like carried that on like even my friend group now like we're a big friend group of people from like everywhere so yeah I definitely love being around multicultural groups and stuff like that yeah Mm. um I can totally relate to that like I because I grew up in Malaysia um where I I don't I wasn't in Kuala Lumpur I was in like um Kedah which is like Mm -hmm. in the northern states um and I didn't really have a lot of, like, non-Malay friends. And it's very, mm. like, mono-cultural. <laughs> um, but mm. then I came to New Zealand when I was 10. And I think that was the point where I felt like um, 
I truly enjoyed seeing the people around me were very different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I forget that like Kuala Lumpur is a bit of like a unique experience and that it's like the capital. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. very multicultural. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, um, yeah, thank you for sharing us about your cultural identity. And, you know, um, it's very unique. Um, are there things that you're still learning about yourself in regards to your culture that you can share with us? Mm. thinking (laughs) uh like yeah i guess i mean as i said like i've not been to iraq so even sometimes like mom will say an expression or like there might be a word that i'm like oh what does that mean but it's like slang and then she'll like explain it and she'll be like oh in iraq we do like xyz and i'm like oh that's so interesting um and then also like i could like i know it's not a culture but like also my religion like plays a big part you know you're always constantly like learning and growing and like at the moment now it's ramadan Mm -hmm. uh so yeah um i guess again stressing it's not cultural but like it is hard doing ramadan here just because like especially now like we're doing uni um and you know assignments and lectures and stuff and we have like no energy to do those but then also like i want to engage with Ramadan like it's not just about fasting like I want to be able to read my Quran and do all all the you know religious stuff as well so it's tricky um so learning that balance for sure um yeah those are the main things I can think of at the moment Mm, that's that's a really good one yeah and yeah I totally relate about the Ramadan um because it flies so fast like we were just talking about oh my god it's like 10 days left like yeah it's so sad but then I keep reminding myself I'm like I can make it Ramadan every day like I don't have to just like I don't have to fast like every day but like you keep those habits it doesn't necessarily have to just be for Ramadan Hmm. so yeah trying to make myself feel less so that way (laughs) yeah that's a very good um viewpoint (laughs) towards Ramadan it's like you know um Ramadan feels like something very refreshing to us it's Mm. like yeah this is the the month where I can, you know, really focus on things. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always other months. Like, mm. There's like a vibe. Like I know it's Ramadan because I can feel the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Rose, for sharing with us. Um, so during your intro, you did mention that you enjoy social impact and advocacy, mm. Um, mm. and you also represent a lot of um, a lot of the associations. Can you just mention them here? Um, yeah, so the Muslim Student Association, the Tennis Association, and the I'm also, well, the main one, I guess, is I'm co-president of the Disabled Students Association at Otago Uni. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'd really like for us to talk about the Otago Disabled Students Association, because um, it is a new association, very recent. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about your role in it? Yep, so we formed properly in 20 like yeah 2021 was our like main first year we kind of launched then I was in the general exec um and then yeah this year I've taken on co-president um and so our main things that we do are you know build a community um 
and then also do a lot of like advocacy and making sure the disabled voice is empowered and heard within the uni because I think societally in general like society can be quite inaccessible um and that can be like physical barriers um you know people like wheelchairs or like mobility issues but then also like a lot of mental barriers and stuff like that too like or things you otherwise wouldn't think about um even things like environments being very like high stimulus um or like in terms of like uni like a lot of people might you know and like with covid we've seen like immune compromised people having to like stay at home because they if they get sick it could be a bad like quite a bad thing um and so yeah making sure that uni is more accessible hopefully like having like more access for like lecture recordings or just as much academic help as possible which our disability information and support center at Otago is amazing and helps out already like so much with that. Um, but yeah, mo- mainly just like working with them and also just more so community building as well, making sure that disabled students at Otago have like a safe space or like can relate with each other um, in a positive way because we all have that like shared lived experience. Mm. Yeah, there's so many things that you know we couldn't think about unless we have discussions yeah. about things like this. And no? the thing is, like, I actually I got diagnosed with an autoimmune condition in my first year, and it's crazy how much like my worldview of like disability has changed. Because like when I was younger, like I was kind of just ignorant, like wasn't like malicious or anything I just like there wasn't much education I didn't really know I had that kind of stereotypical like if someone was disabled like you can tell by looking at them but like with me like you can't tell like I there's I don't know there's no like main thing that's like Mm. you know it's invisible so yeah definitely interesting how much I've like learned and I still keep learning because like it's such a diverse space Mm. so yeah I like it that you mentioned about the stigma because if we talk about like disabled people, we imagine people wearing uh, on wheelchairs, you know, mm, it's like things yeah. that we can see. But there are so many invisible illnesses um, that we don't know, like mental mm. health struggles. Um, yes, there's so many um, genetic disorders, you know, things that we don't know unless we talk to people, and um, you know, it's just it's just good for us to be aware of the things people might be going through Mm, yeah for sure and like disabled people just want to be heard and they want people to have like conversations with them um like to actually learn as opposed to like to feel like you know again that whole like negative stigma and like feel like they're being marginalized we want to be included so yeah have you had any heartfelt um, experiences while you were advocating about this? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. And also, as I was telling you, fasting break. <laughs> <That's funny>. um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess our like my main real heartfelt moment was like when we did our launch in 2021 and we had different disability groups from like Dunedin um, come together and people of all sorts of disabilities 
was it just seeing everyone so happy that like we finally have an organization like this launched that was really meaningful and like our exec also was just so diverse like we had you know people with physical disabilities like that whole like wheelchair or like you know things where you could look and tell but then we had people with like mental um mental struggles or for me I was autoimmune with genetic um brain injury so like all sorts of different things but we all came together and yeah I think that's been pretty meaningful that's amazing and the fact that this group just launched 2021 I just remembered that you know it should have been um should have been done so long ago but I'm glad that you know it was it's already here established yeah yeah like finally you know (laughs) yeah for sure um thank you rose for sharing us about that um i think something else i do want to talk to you about is how you take care of your Mm well-being um and you did mention to me that you know there are times when you felt guilty for taking breaks um, especially as a student and you're so busy you Mm. um, you represent so many groups and I'm sure you're one of those people who work so much and it's weird Mm. when you rest yeah no I 100% relate to that yeah um I think I was telling you that like there are ways that I take care of my well-being but there's also things that I could do that I always feel really guilty about doing so, like, I, my main things I do are, like, exercise. Like, I always have to keep active. If I'm not active, I, like, lose my mind. Um, and I do that through, like, going to the gym or, like, playing tennis. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, and then, by the way, all oh, listening to music is a big one. But I like to, like, pair that with, like, exercise and stuff. But things like watching TV watching a movie, playing PlayStation, things like that, I feel so guilty doing. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm sitting there like not, like I should be doing work or like, I don't know, it's bad and I need to work on it. But yeah. Mm. (laughs) Do you you realize that rest is also productive? Yeah. And I'm, it's so funny because like my friends might complain that they're burnt out and I give them this whole like mum speech <laughs> and give them all this advice and I never take my own advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so definitely that's like been kind of like my little resolution for the year, mm-hmm. um, allowing myself to rest. I think, yeah, the, the past few days I've like felt like physically felt the stress. Like sometimes I'll like feel my jaw literally clenched and then I have to like unclench and just like, kind of do like a kind of like a meditation of just like breathing and like allowing myself to like actually be in the moment because I'm always thinking about the future or overthinking something that happened in the past but I'm never here Mm. (laughs) so yeah that's been something that I've been working on yeah that's a good one just like pause yeah Yeah. Mm, but I think like post being diagnosed with my autoimmune condition I've learned how important work-life balance is because I think part of why I kind of developed the condition was because I put myself through a lot of stress in high school like 
I put so much academic pressure on myself and I was such a perfectionist, but it almost like it translated in different areas as well. Like it even kind of got to the point where I was like obsessed with just being perfect. I kind of went down the like eating disorder route as well, which is not very good for like my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my body just gave up. Um, and so, yeah, learned the hard way of how important it is for work-life balance. So as much as I am, doing a lot of work like I do five papers now and also all the like exec stuff um but very intentional about making sure that I'm doing social things as well um so yeah that is very <laughs> important just no doing things that fills your cup you know mm, mm. yeah like I treat like even something like tennis or like going to the gym or seeing my friends I must treat that like work like I'm like that. No, this needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you beat yourself up though if it doesn't happen? Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm better at it now, but definitely a work in progress. Yeah. I'm always doing a million things at once, and I think I just kind of need to slow down. Yeah. Even like I find like recently. I can kind of feel the chaos like even if I'm like like yesterday we went out to run some errands and like I'm in a store and the music is really loud and I'm like triggered Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I just want a moment of peace so yeah like not long ago I went to visit family in Queenstown and I bust and just like being like in the middle of nowhere and being in the quiet and like listening to music and seeing the mountains it was just like oh gosh I need this so yeah definitely also like another thing would be travel um I like to kind of remove myself from the stressful environment um and yeah Mm, just escape yourself from where from like a slump of where you've always been you know and just be somewhere else yeah for sure yeah like I went on a camping trip with friends in like January we went to Milford Sound and well we camped in this place called Knobs Flat and then we went to Milford Sounds and it was like such a spiritual like experience for me because like you're literally like cut off like you're off the grid like there's like no wi-fi and there's not much really to do in those places like it's just nature and it was just so magical um yeah, so things like that. I love yeah. it. And you rely on your <laughs> friends to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, my friends are crazy, so. <laughs> oh, thank yeah, you so much. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's so fun, you know, um, all the things you mentioned. Um, and thank you so much as well for being honest on mm-hmm. the show. There's a lot of people out there who will relate to you with the things you shared with us today. And I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's so funny because we've only recently just met, but like we have so many things in common. It's always really lovely to talk to you. And also like, yeah, thank you for like amplifying those different voices um, from different cultural backgrounds. Like, yeah, your work is very meaningful. And yeah, hopefully you've taken some, or people listening have taken something away from this. Um, and yeah, take care of yourselves. Don't feel guilty about taking breaks. Mm-hmm. Listen, that. <laughs> That's my main message. Yep. <laughs> that is the end of our episode of The Ironality today. I hope you learn a lot about Rose's cultural identity, 
what it's like being a Malaysian-born Iraqi Kurdish Muslim in New Zealand, um, her passions for social impact and advocacy, and how to not feel guilty about taking breaks. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arinality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.